It's the lowdown on Sports 1440 Twang Tuesday. Alan Mitchell, Declan Kruger. I have sad news at my house. Um, I think it was Sunday night. I'm watching the football game and my TV went out. And the cable company is coming tomorrow. And so I, like, game seven of the NLCS and the Oiler game, I'm either going to have to go to a sports bar, which I can do, but I also am going to uh, write on and write about and write over the Condors game tonight. So I just, I don't know what to do. I I, I feel like um, the television gods are punishing me and... It's like I I've called the cable company, we've we've MacGyvered it as much as we can, and they have figured out that it is is not my unruliness, it is not my inability to figure out this problem. So they're coming out. So I'm looking for recommendations from you because I'm assuming that everybody who's listening has an idea about where they'd go in this situation. So one eight three three four oh one fourteen forty. Nothing, you know. Nothing untoward here. Let's let's keep it, you know, PG. Except when Declan speaks. One eight three three four oh one fourteen forty. And I would like to thank Declan today for not making any noises that, that come out of various parts of him that have been prevalent on this show for several weeks now. And we did have a meeting about it yesterday with management, and I think we've got it under control. And I thank you for your work. HR was there. They called my parents. It was crazy. I think the governor was on the line. Well, was there was a lot that went into it, but governor? it got through to me. So. Governor? Yeah. It just, listen, it sounds more official <laughs> than premier. Listen, I know how the political system works here. Don't come for me on the text line. I get yeah. all that. But Come governor right. just sounds so much more intimidating, you know? Does it? I think so. Like, if someone says the premier's on the line, you're like, oh, that's kind of regal. If someone says the governor's on the line, it's like, oh, I'm in, I'm in trouble. I think you haven't been paying attention to politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Young and dumb. Who knows? Uh, there you go. Okay. Uh, we'll be fascinating. A couple of weeks. Orders are in a curious position. This comes from Ontario. Other guys need to fill the, fill up that time. Coach can, can't use 97 and 29 as a crutch. Power play is going to have different tactics and Kane gets more minutes. I don't think he uses it a crutch. I think he, when he needs, um, he needs a goal. He will put those, those guys together. Come on over, Al. I'll set up two TVs and a writing station. Come and, come and watch at my house, Al. That's from Bill. Uh, is Woody really a good coach? You seem always to say, but. No, I think he's a good coach. I think he could be a great coach. I think sometimes in life, we all do it. You lose your way a little bit. I have. You know, in my broadcast career, spanning four decades now, there have been times when I was just, you know, not there where I needed to be. It happens. Could we actually get some country music and not whatever you just played? What did you do? It was Keith Urban. What's wrong with Keith Urban? I was what I'm saying. Like it was Keith Urban. Like what do you like? Well, the people are mad at you. Yeah, I see that. But I mean, yeah. like how much? How much more country? Maybe Listen, you could play more Keith Urban country. Does it have a poppy stuff? I was gonna say, does it have a pop twang to it? Yes, it does. Is it still country by nature? Also, yes. Yeah. I well, I, my case. look, uh, uh, Islands in the Stream by Dolly and uh, Kenny is country music. So I don't think that one was beyond that. You know, it's not like it was. You know. Crazy pop or anything like that. You know, a really nice country song is is uh, 
Don't Make My Brown Eyes Blue by Crystal Gale. And another one that I love, I sing it whenever I hear it, is uh, You're the Reason God Made Oklahoma by David Frizzell and Shelley West. Maybe if his name was Keith Rural, people would be less confused. <laughs> I agree with you, Low Tide. Uh, Woodcroft isn't as innovative as he was when he first arrived. I don't like his choice of top third, uh, and I'd like to see more of Hollywood with Connor or Leon. I'd just give him 20 games. You suck at music. <laughs> I like that people get outraged at things that don't really matter. Twang Tuesday should consist of George Jones, Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, and that comes from tomato soup, which, by the way, is great. I had corn chowder yesterday at a restaurant. So good. Oh, my God, was it good. It was so good. Hold on. I mean, I'm going to tell you what it was because it was good. I'm going to recommend it. I'm going to recommend this place because you should go. You should you should uh, get an advance token on the Reading Railroad, and you should go to this place right now. Um, I have to look it up because I do not remember the name of it. Um, it is just off White Avenue, and it's got a really simple little name, and it's coming to me, I swear to you. It's just that I text a lot. Um, it's coming. This is so interesting. I know you're very interested in this. Damn it. It's called Pep or Pip or something like that. Oh, yeah, it is called Pip. It's just of White Ave. No, but it's the other one. Pip is the one that's more dining room, and this is more, like, relaxy. Oh. Ne- is it beside Pip? Yeah. The next act. No. Oh. It's like Pep and Pip or something. Okay, maybe I don't know then. I'm sorry. Hold on. Well, you got to get this right now because we're, we're down this road. Um, yeah, it's Pip. Really nice place. It's right next to Pep. <laughs> I don't think I've got it right. I've buggered this so badly. Oh, well. Anyway, it was a great place, and their their corn chowder was excellent. Al, go to Capilano Boston Pizza. Dustin and the gang are going to be there for the game. Well, I'd let them do what they're going to do, but I, I would like to watch the game, and that's going to be a rowdy crowd. I'm going to, I'll be there to watch the game. Do you have a smartphone and a smart TV? Stream the game. Al, thoughts on Max Comtois being a fit or not with the Oilers? Might be a comparable to Clem Costin. Well, I, I think they had a chance at him and they didn't take him, so. I, don't, I think the owners have made their choice. It's Adam Ernie. Al, uh, thank you for reopening myself to Super Dave Osborne. I haven't watched it since I was a kid. Is he always cranky to the host? Well, he's cranky to the host because the host is going to get him killed, and then he asks him the stupid questions. You know, like he's he's buried under seven tons of granite, and hey, how you feel? <laughs> uh Keith Urban is awesome and a great guitar player. I don't know. I mean, he looks kind of modern for a country guy, but I think he's fine. I mean, I don't, he's not my favorite. I do like George Jones and Merle, but, but I, I like, you know, I like all forms of music. Chamber music is a bit much, but other than that, if you say Pip or Pep one more time, so help me. (laughs) Wasn't there a, a Pip? 
high above the sky. There was a TV show. Nick Pick, maybe. Nick Pick, Nick Pick. And there was Pippi Longstocking as well. I don't think the premier can commute a death sentence. For that, you need the governor. And Miss Rosie <laughs> with the paper in her hand. <laughs> well done. That's what, midnight special, I think. On comes Miss Rosie. Yeah. Uh, here's a hot take. Just get rid of Twang Tuesday. Problem solved. No way. Tom's House of Chowder. Yeah. Low Tide, is it catching up to Woody because his experience to adapt or change according to situations or teams? No. You know, he's asking a lot again of Nurse and Cece, and they're delivering. Some of the things that he's done have worked. And I, like, I, 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 Holloway's, it's only five games. So it's not like it's a, it's a clear spotlight. But Holloway's shots per 60 and his high danger per 60 are just rocketing. And he's not playing with high skill. Canes are going the other way. I'm just respectfully suggesting that they might want to flip those two, just like they flipped Fogel and Connor Brown. This isn't, I'm not saying take them outside and, and you know, uh, get the Corleones after them. I'm just saying Mr. Woodcroft is going one way. I think it might be better to go the other way. The, the pitchforks per 60 among Oilers fans is very high these days. I think Yanmark on the top line will get the team going tonight. Well, you know, that's, I think, what Woodcroft is thinking. He's he's worried that, that Dreisaitl and Kane might be a little loose defensively, and Yanmark is a good choice. I, I would go another direction. That's just my opinion. Guys, the Sun Road at Montana at Glacier National Park is better than anything you can see in Bamford Jasper. Unreal. Go Oilers. Cheers, Dirk. I don't know. See, Banff has Lake Louise, Johnson's Canyon, um, Banff Springs Hotel. Have you ever spent an afternoon just wandering through the Banff Springs Hotel? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful there. I did when I was 20, and I did pretty much every year after that. You know what I like to do? I don't even know if I... I haven't been able to get in there. Every time I go to the to Lake Louise, it's so full, I can't even get a bus in there. But for many, many years, I would go early in the morning, like seven thirty, eight o'clock. I would sit on the little bench that they have there. They will give you a blanket, and I would have hot chocolate. And I would just look at Lake Louise, and I would think to myself, whatever troubles I have in my world, whatever difficulties I am going through today, nothing, nothing is bigger than this. Nothing is more important. And then I would go climb Johnson's Canyon. Johnson Canyon, and I would say, if I survive this, I will never, ever, ever question anything again. So it was like a, it was like an experience, a life experience. The mountains are, the ocean has that effect on me as well. I'm sure other people feel that way. That's what I meant. Don't understand why people say they wanted it more. It doesn't make sense. Okay, so we, Sam from Vancouver, we agree. I don't think that, I don't think players lollygag or aren't trying it's just not working. You know, two teams are trying to win. One will, one won't. The team that doesn't has to explain themselves, you know. And nobody will accept, ah, lucky bounce. Jackson Brown did co-write Take It Easy, which you just played. Yes, I know. That's why I mentioned him. Don't even try. Don't even try to out Jackson Brown me. Jackson Brown wrote so many great songs 
like Doctor My Eyes, which I think Jackson Five did, and he had a solo hit with it as well, is maybe a perf- perfect pop, pop record. And Late for the Sky or The Pretender, and that's not even including the songs that were hits for him, like Lawyers in Love and uh, Stay, which was a remake of uh, Morris Williams and a Zodiac song, Running on Empty, which is a song about being on the road. On that live album, he does a version of Cocaine, not the Clapton version song, but the Cocaine Running All Around My Brain song. Jackson Brown is a significant artist, really like his music. Maybe Folk Friday, David Raven. We could, I'd love to do Folk Friday, but I think would people like would people get would that be a little bit too much? Because sometimes when the folk music starts, people start getting messages in there, and then people get mad at us. Well, I'd probably play the wrong folk song according to the text line here today, so I'm not even going to touch that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. The restaurant's called Pals. Low tide drives around the city, completely unaware. And <laughs> then he comes on the radio and he blurts out seven or eight things. And people go, oh, yeah, I know where he is. I know what he was talking about. Pretty good life. Not bad. So do we have Daniel or are we going to take a break and have Daniel? We're going to take a break and get Daniel coming out of the break here. McCurdy's DMing me, yelling at me. What's wrong with chamber music? <laughs> I got to go. I'm already in trouble. McCurdy's after me. It's the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's Twang Tuesday on Sports 1440. As Declan decided to kill the show with a slow song. Well done, sir. I was overcompensating we, to get as far away from pop country as we I could. We had a thing going, you and I. There was some momentum in the show. And then you've got, you know, wow, my dog died, and it's all over. You know, I had a really good country song by Kenny Chesney that I really enjoy, and I cut it last second because I was like, you know what? People are going to be mad, and I can't have that. So well, you here we just, are. Young man, you just, you just say to hell with that noise, and you play what you feel your heart wants to hear. I'm a panderer. I'm for the people. I mean, if you play Manic Monday on Twang Tuesday, probably going to be an issue. But, I mean, the fact that you know Kenny Chesney is a, a miracle. I'm going to play it coming out of the next break. Okay. I've had enough. All right. You're the man. See? Spine. That's something the NHL doesn't have. Wow. Joined now by Daniel Nugent-Bowman from The Athletic. Thanks for joining us. You thought you were going to talk on a sports show, didn't you? I did. I, I feel like I should be getting the hammock now and, and just drift <laughs> off to sleep or something with uh, the tune of that song. But... Uh... I think we can talk some sports. Okay. Well, thank God that thank God that song didn't have any drums or or heartbeats in it because it was it was something else. Uh, I loved your article on Dylan Holloway. It's up today at the Athletic, and um, I, I like the line he's on. But your thoughts on today's lineup with Matthias Janmark on the top line, and and maybe if you could talk a little bit about Dylan Holloway's deployment and what what you had suggested in the article might be a, a wise idea. Yeah, I I, um, I don't disagree with with Jay Woodcroft too much, but uh, since he's taken over the team and specifically the last well year and a bit uh, since Dylan Holloway's been a full time player, or at least started that way last year, uh, this has been the one thing that I, I completely disagree with um, is Dylan Holloway's deployment. Um, it, it goes back to the start of last year where he had an amazing training camp and broke camp with the team excuse me, on the on the second line. 
and all it took was one turnover, really, and he basically never got back there again. Uh, the rope on this player, the leash, uh, is incredibly short. Um, yeah, he's not, a, he's not a perfect player. He's a 22-year-old guy. He's a young uh, player who's going to make some mistakes, but, um, you know, his, his game's a little chaotic. He makes a, a few turnovers here and there. But in terms of what he's offering compared to what a lot of guys on this team are offering right now, I think Dylan Holloway is, you know, one of the top options. If you look at the forward group and specifically the wingers, because that's what he is, who's he behind right now? Like, who's playing better than him? I would say Zach Hyman. I would say maybe Warren Fogle, probably Warren Fogle. Um, I think that's the list. Uh, I know Dylan Holloway doesn't have any points, but if you look at the underlying numbers, the way he's driving play, um, I'd say he's doing a, a, a pretty good job, all things considered, and it'd be time, in my opinion, to start putting him with, with some more offensive players. And it's not like the guys around him that are um, you know, more established or making more money, like Evander Kane, like um, like uh, Connor Brown, who's coming back from his injury, and especially like Matthias Janmark, who um, you know is, is certainly a more established player. But this is a, really a defense only type of player whose underlying numbers aren't even that great. So uh, for Dylan Holloway to continually be, you know, he's, he's bumped up, I guess, a little bit tonight on the third line back, that line um, that was going for a couple games there with, with Brown and, and uh, Ryan McLeod. But for him to be consistently in the bottom six, uh, is the one thing about Jay Woodcroft that that confounds me? It's uh, it's interesting because you know I, I really did think and silly me, but I thought with twenty players on the roster, there's no way they can keep Holloway out of the top six. But they've done it. Uh, but you mentioned the third line, and I and I do think that's something else uh, that could I- impact and be positive because uh, there's some talent there. But. Yeah. Let me ask you about about another player that that I wonder about. Adam Ernie is on the roster, and um, they could use a, a fourth line center, Lane Peterson, uh, maybe Malone in Bakersfield. Is it, do you think there's a hesitation to to wave Ernie and bring a center up, or do you think that's something we might see in the next while? Uh, it's possible, but I would pr- put it as pretty unlikely. I mean. Um, I think they wanted to keep this group together, you know, to, to start the year. Obviously, things haven't gone, you know, particularly great. Uh, but Adam Ernie's played three of those five games. Um, not a make-or-break player by any by any means. Uh, with 11 forwards, um, I think you're going to be seeing, like I wrote a couple of days ago, like you're going to be seeing a lot of of Leon Dreisaitl, uh past uh, usage with McDavid out of the lineup a few years ago, uh, the year that he won the. Uh, the Hart Trophy and, and the scoring championship would indicate that. Um, but I, I think you can rotate those guys through McLeod. I guess Ryan Nugent Hopkins is back to being a center, as he has been for a little while this year. Um, I think you're going to see those three get a lot of time at center. You know, they've, they've clearly um, – yeah, and that's why I'm not sure how, how much we should make of the lines with, with Yanmark being up because there could be the opportunity for Yanmark and, and Ryan to uh, kind of job share, you know, the fourth-line center – uh, position for the the odd shifter here and there. I think you're right, Al. Ideally, this team should have a fourth line center. Um, whether that's Malone, whether that's Lane Peterson, I, I think that, you know clearly by the trade deadline, if this team doesn't fall too far out of it, uh, that's the position that they, along with the top four defensemen, that they, they should be upgrading, kind of like they did with um, getting Nick Bugstad last year. Um, but uh, you know, Adam Ernie has three young kids. He's found a place here in Edmonton uh, to live, uh, and I don't think. 
the, the organization is too keen on um, upending that situation, uh, his life situation, uh, that any kind of real personnel with the team, unless it's, unless it's absolutely absolutely necessary excuse me the, the daniel nugent bowman our guest from the athletic on uh sports 1440 in the lowdown with low tide I, I i think there are some good things happening here the nurse cc pairing seems to be doing pretty well uh, uh you know evan bouchard's uh um passing and, and fumbling of the puck is is you know cost the team but but overall most of the numbers are are pretty solid for the defenseman brett kulak's at a little bit of of uh chaos which we're not used to but he might not be 100 percent um, they're going to seven defensemen tonight because they have to, but uh, in the past, uh, Woodcroft and, and Dave Manson have been successful in that area. Um, what's your, what's your anticipated role for the, the extra players, Ernie and say Ryan, do you think they'll play a lot? And, and if so, who will double shift with them? Yeah. And, and that's where I think like, you'll see probably a lot of, uh, dry sidle, then Nugent Hopkins and then McLeod probably in that order of getting uh, time with guys at the bottom of the lineup. Um, you mentioned obviously that you know the others have run this eleven and seven scheme quite a bit under Jay Woodcroft and had a lot, have had a lot of success doing it. You know the, the big caveat is they've never done it without Connor McDavid, who uh, is usually you know ahead of Drysaddle and certainly right there with them in terms of taking on a little bit more ice time, um, taking on uh, extra assignments with uh, guys lower down in the lineup, which you know, helps them out a little bit, but also creates some matchup headaches uh, for teams um, as as McDavid with, you know, forward number 11 and 12 take on, uh, you know, fourth lines and defense pairings, uh, you know, third the third defense pairings from other teams. So, uh, yeah, it, the roster is in a little bit of flex, I think. I mean, they haven't really been able to kind of establish lines that they've wanted to. Uh, not only that, but, you know, we're working, you're, you know, they're working in 11 or sorry, seven defensemen, and they haven't really found the, the you know the proper foot foothold for you know Vincent DeHarnay uh, and Philip Broberg alongside um, Brett Kulak. So um, yeah, and, and the other the other thing, not kind of veering off from your question, and I apologize, Al, but uh, you know I think Matthias Ekholm's had a little bit of a tough start uh, in getting back from from an injury that just kept nagging on throughout camp. Um, I've mentioned this a few times, written uh, written it a few times, but Matthias Ekholm's. Uh, injury in camp was was probably the worst the worst sign of the, for the team, not only for his uh, status as a you know thirty three year old veteran, but the fact that they didn't get to try him with with Philip Broberg throughout camp, and and uh, uh, that's kind of put Broberg in a little bit of a tough spot too. And we're talking about the the bottom of the defense score. So uh, there's still a lot of things to get ironed out with this team, and at one three and one. Um, not the ideal situation to try to get those things ironed out. Daniel Nugent Bowman, our guest from the Athletic. Uh continuing the time-honored tradition of not answering my question and then going on to his own <laughs> answer. And we so appreciate that on Sports 1440 in the lowdown. Uh, you and I have talked in the past about the the NHL's baffling, uh, uh, wishy-washy uh, uh, handling of the uh, Pride tape. And we're back again. Uh, and, and so just to reset it, a year ago... Uh, it was endorsed. There were, you know, evenings and, and opportunities and, and, uh, the NHL was behind all of it. Some of the more famous people, Brian Burke, Connor McDavid, Zach Hyman, were behind it vocally, verbally, and publicly. And then the NHL backtracked on that earlier. Now it's, it's back in a way. Um, Daniel, I just have to say, I think the NHL looks very wishy-washy here and spineless. Is that fair? 
Yeah, but I'm going to talk about the power play just to not answer your question. Um, <laughs> no, they really stepped in it, eh? Like, they, they really stepped in it. It's like they didn't really consider all the uh, the different kind of uh, permutations and, and um, kind of uh, offshoots to this and, and who would be upset and how many people would be upset. Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, I mean, kudos to, to Travis Dermott for, for being the first player um, to – you know, step outside the company lines and and, and stick his stick his nose up at the at the uh, at the band. Uh, there's so, some good stuff, a lot of good pieces out there. Uh, one obviously from um, uh, colleagues at the Athletic, uh, Chris Johnston, and um, I think Ian Mendes had a piece as, as well. So there's some stuff on our site about it. Um, yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> For all the things for the NHL to to uh, put their, their foot down, at least initially, or try to put their put their foot down about uh, this, like such a bizarre one to to uh, to do. And I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, so we talked about it the day before the day, or sorry, the day after the day of uh, the NHL um, deciding that players can no longer use Pride tape. And here we are, two weeks later, and it's you know, back to the status quo it was before. So, you know, for something to be changed around that quickly, it it just shows kind of the lack of um, thought that went into this, I think, by the league. Well, I think, you know, the one thing is if they decided that they wanted to increase, you know, sales of Pride Tape, they did a hell of a job. Other than that, it doesn't yeah. doesn't look so good. Now, you you mentioned uh, uh, the, the power play. I want to talk about the penalty kill, if I may. And sure. the, the reason I ask about it is because – Dave Tippett would would construct his fourth line basically to create three penalty killers, and the fourth line got caved at five on five, but but he used them and he kept them around as a, as PK options. Um, the the Oilers uh, under Jay Woodcroft are trying to do it a little bit differently, but one of the things they really have to do is a stay out of the box and b improve that penalty kill. It's been an ongoing issue here for some time. Fair. Yeah, yeah, and I mean with this team. You look at the lineup, the forward groups, and now that like Dylan Holloway is killing, um, basically everyone kills penalties with the exception of, of Zach Hyman, who hasn't killed since pretty early in last year. Um, you know, Adam Ernie hasn't done much. Again, he hasn't played much, and they're trying to use him in the, in, the, um, in the preseason. So, yeah, you're trying to construct a fourth line, and that's where I think in a normal set of circumstances where he should be playing, you know, Matthias Yanmar comes in who, uh, you know, hockey people really like this guy's intangibles and the fact that he's always on the wrong side of the puck. Now, again, uh, there's there's that and there's just the fact that the, the shots for and against and, and shot attempts for and against sold out to uh, favor the other team when he is on the ice. But um, penalty killing is kind of his bailiwick. But, uh, again, yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're, the, the lineup is, is in such flux right now, specifically without Connor McDavid in it, um, but they're trying to find the right kind of, kind of mix and everything, I think. And, and not having a fourth-line center, um, you know, to kind of work in that, that fourth line properly, I think it's a huge detriment to this team. It's because it's a bit more of one than, than I, even I thought before, uh, this, you know, the, the season began. You know, time-sharing Matthias Janmark and Derek Ryan, uh, guys that don't aren't centermen anymore. I mean, I talked to Janmark in, in, I think, before the game in Philadelphia, and he said he hasn't been a full-time center since since his rookie year in the NHL, and, and Derek Ryan hasn't been under Jay Woodcroft. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's certainly a bit of a mess, and um, it's something that uh, um, I didn't, you know, I, I still think they can, you know, when this team is at full strength and 
uh, playing to its capabilities. They can probably hold off on that until the the deadline. But uh, I mean, times <laughs> times ticking here, and, and it's getting it's getting um, it's getting to a point where um, you know a few more losses and, and things are really going to get hairy here. So Sunday, what, what's your like? What's your routine and what's your plan like in terms of you know what to wear and what to, time to get there and all of that stuff? Does it change your life a lot? Yeah, I think it does because I'm going to a different place, obviously. But uh, apparently, <laughs> you know what? I'll I'll be honest. I've lived here for more than five years now. I've never been to Commonwealth because. Well, the football team's pretty lousy, and I don't I don't cover it. So, uh, but I know there's uh, not a lot of parking there. So I think I'm going to probably want to get there pretty early. And um, the weather looks like it's about high of two degrees and a, and a low of minus four. So that's not too bad. But I hope, I think, I think, I hope that I'm going to be inside for a lot of it. So <laughs> that uh, doesn't make my life too hard. But uh, yeah, I, I'm going to need to probably uh, grab an extra pair of gloves and, and a toque and scarf and maybe some long underwear and, you know, just to be safe. But I'm hoping a lot of it's indoors just because uh, that uh, that makes things a little bit easier for me, especially if I'm tapping away on a keyboard. I've covered one of these before. It was uh, the Buffalo one at the World Juniors in uh, 2018. And uh, pretty good conditions there. So fingers crossed for the same uh, this go-round. Well, I don't know whether you'll be uh, have the opportunity, but one of the things you often get in Commonwealth when you're in the – the press box is Terry Jones will tell you the history of bathrooms in the various arenas and stadiums in Edmonton. So you might be able to hear that. It's quite the deal. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to expect. This is intriguing. That's so many fun now. Well, oh, yeah. Maybe not intriguing. It's, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Well, sit down. It's a while. It takes a little while. Daniel, thank you. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. We'll talk next week. All right. That's Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic. Good guy. Great writer. And his his piece on uh, Dylan Holloway today is terrific. He, he lays it out very uh, specifically, and uh, he makes a strong argument. And as he said, you know, it's not like it's not like Daniel and Jay Woodcroft are at cross purposes uh, in terms of roster uh, deployment often, but this does seem to be. Um, a situation where the coach says, okay, I've, I've got Kane and I've got Dreisaitl and I'd rather go defense than speed and possible offense. Uh, and on a team that's not scoring a lot at five on five, it's an interesting take. Okay. Have we done everything we're supposed to do? I think we've covered all the bases. It's kind of a, uh, a free willy segment, the, uh, the last one here. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to talk about, the world is your oyster. You have uh, interesting verbal. I will say that about you. I think I'm like I'm trying a little too hard now, and it's just not coming out natural. Like I think now I'm overthinking it, and I'm trying to be clever. And no. this was a perfect example of something that didn't really work out. Here's what you're doing: you're 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 self-aware. Oh, if nothing else. But th- that's a good thing. Yes, it's always a good thing because because as we mature, especially males, because we're we're way behind the ladies. But as we mature as human beings. One of the things that we can do is we can become self-aware. And I'll give you an example, and then we're going to take a break. By the way, the lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Bjork. It's the lowdown on Sports 1440. As we, together, learn what country music is. That was a country song. Yeah, you know, I was going to play that Kenny Chesney song that I talked about. But then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? This isn't what Twang Tuesday's about. 
This is not my... Twang Tuesday isn't my thing. It's low tides. I'm not going to play a semi-pop country song just because I enjoy it, because that's not in the spirit of Twang Tuesday. Well, so I, I will, changed it up. I will tell you that, that I have a long-standing, over 14 years now, of the producer gets to choose the music. So don't ever be afraid of that. Now, I like the old-timey stuff. I like the Jim Reeves and the Patsy Klein's, and I like Merle and George and Dolly uh, but I also like the new stuff, so bring it on. Whatever you, whatever speaks to you, and you can also, you know, somebody requests something. I, I would stay away from the Hank Williams Senior stuff because the the recording quality is not quite what you would want it to be. But and I love Hank Williams Senior, but that's the truth. Other than that, fill your hat, sir. I don't know. I get like four days a week to choose the music, and and Twang Tuesday is uh, very near and dear to your heart. And I, I don't want to. I don't want to take that over. It would be unfair. So okay, I'm going to dial it back. All right. Are you saying that we men mature? Great. I have something to look forward to. Well, I hasn't kicked in for me either. I'm just saying that I've heard that. That was hilarious. Cut off at midstream. You know what's really hilarious is I forgot the story I was going to tell you. Oh my goodness! So I ruined two things. What, what uh, was it? What were what were we talking about at the time? Well, we were talking about how uh, women mature faster than men. Yeah. And then you were like, I think you were like, I have an example about this. And yeah. then you gave the liner, which is the <laughs> which is the cue for break. So I smashed it down, and, and you did well. I, I mean, felt so bad. I threw up my arms. We locked eyes. You shook your head and well, pointed I, to the door, and you know, oh, I felt terrible. <laughs> I I just I what I did was I pointed to the the boss who was behind the door, and we knew. Both shaking your heads at each other like, yeah, this guy's gone. Give him a couple more days and he's out of here. (laughs) All right. Um, Low Todd, I'd like the name for McDavid to be Mach 97. That's about right. Uh, LT, I was wondering if you touched on the rumors of Joel Embiid to the Knicks. I did not. I read it. I have chosen to ignore it. DNB talking about Ernie and why he won't go down as perplexing for professional sports. Sounds like it's a country club to play for the Oilers. No, look, they're, they're, he is telling you what, what is, is, um, available to him from what he's picked up, right? So he's not, he's not, when he's, when he's doing that, he's a reporter and he's talking about what, what he knows. So, you know, the Oilers are, if, if Ernie doesn't perform the way they want him to, he'll be sent down. But what I heard was that they they are content to have him here. They appreciate the job he's doing. They know that he's comfortable here with his family, and that's what they're going to do. You don't, you don't have to, um, you know, that's not a stretch to understand the humanity of that. But he has to perform. That's the deal. LT, depending upon how long Connor is out, surely this could be a defining stretch for the 23-24 orders. I think it's more than that. This is Dunner in North Van. He said, tonight's game is massive. They're traditionally horrid versus Minnesota. I agree. I think it's bigger than that. I I, I said on Monday, and this is Tuesday, and I'm going to say it again. The Edmonton Oilers are, are all in on winning the Stanley Cup, and with Connor McDavid, they're 1-3-1. At some point, the the big men, the men who make the, the 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 team go, are going to have to make a call. At the end of his contract, Connor McDavid will be here eleven years. Eleven. Does he have a twenty-two year career coming? Maybe. That means he's fifty percent of the way through 
his career here, and he's played for Peter Shirelli, very briefly for Keith Gretzky, and for Ken Holland. So a decision will have to be made, and Leon makes the decision next summer. And I I put it out there yesterday, and people got mad at me. I'll put it out again today. It's not like I want to, but I think it's time to discuss this. It truly is. It's time. Because you saying, well, that'll never happen, isn't really a conversation. That's denial. And I get it. I, I do lots of things that are denial. Run out of peanut butter the other day. Totally in denial. That's got to be one of the worst things. Do you like peanut butter? Probably not. No, I love... What do you, <laughs> what do you mean probably not? I love peanut butter. I have two peanut butter and jam sandwiches for lunch today. So, Two? Yeah. I don't have any groceries, to be fair. And you know what? I actually I forgot to take the steak uh, or the beef strips out of the freezer before I left the house today, so I'm not going to have any dinner either. But mm. two peanut butter sandwiches, not bad. Yeah, I would never have two. Of course, you're young. I, I couldn't. That's like that's breakfast and lunch. I had this morning. I had. You know, I don't know. I had for breakfast this morning. Yes, I had a teaspoon of peanut butter. Oh, delicious! Sometimes I'll just eat peanut butter off the spoon for a snack. It's totally good, right? Hundred percent. You know, and then you don't get the bread stuff and things like that. Forget about it. And I had coffee, is what I had with cream in it. With well, they call it milk, but it really isn't anymore. We're all spoiled. Not like the olden days where we had to walk uphill both ways to school. Three chords and the truth, real music. Well, I like it. I know a lot of people don't, but I do. I don't like all of it. Some of it's corny. There's a song called 9,999,999 Tears that I can do without. But there's some other songs that are really, really good. Angel from Montgomery is beautiful. I, it's a John Prine song, but I consider it a country song. Bonnie Raitt's version is gorgeous. Got a question about the Otis past. I was reading an article recently on the Messier trade. I'd never heard before that we later traded Bukaboom to New York to complete the trade. Yeah. Oh, sure. I was, I, you know, I'm not proud of this, but I will tell you what I did. And I got called dumb, stupid, immature, and I was all of those things and more. Uh, on 129th Street and 135A Avenue, there's a home. In that home, if you were walking into it and you went into the master bedroom and you look just above the light switch as you enter, there's a wall and there's a light switch. Just above there, there's a little bit of rework touch-up job and some paint over that matches the paint that was there. They have been repainted since I sold the house. That's me putting my fist through the wall when Messier got traded. Not the smartest thing in the world. And my wife called me out about it and called me all kinds, all kinds of names because women are good at that when they marry you. That's their right, and they're right often about what you do. But that was a very immature moment. But and I didn't even know about the was it was it Brad Shaw? I can't remember who got traded for Bookaboom, but that was part of the deal. And I got something even more outrageous for you. I'm looking up because I want to make sure I'm right here. In the same time period, the Bukaboom trade was for David Shaw. I'm sorry, David Shaw. In the same time period, because that was November of 91, okay, that those trades went down. In mid- 
in 91 summer, I believe. So remember that. This is the summer of 91. The Rangers signed Adam Graves, who was a really good young player. Free agent. The Oilers got some compensation, blah, 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 blah. But it wasn't the same. And so they lost like a lot. I mean, a hellacious amount over a very short period to the New York Rangers, who, by the way, this was like, what did I say, 90, 91 summer and then fall? And then they won Stanley, the Rangers did, with basically Oilers, Oilers East in 94. So, yeah, and and I, I to this day believe, and I have been told, that Len Sather basically said to Mark Messier, where do you want to go? And Messier said Manhattan. And so the trade was made and the deal was done. And that's the way it happened. Quoth the Raven evermore. Peanut butter and Ritz crackers are my weakness. I like peanut butter and the saltine crackers. You know, the premium plus that was salt on them. Very good. Very good. Peanut butter on a shoe is also good. Lochide, what is it with you lately? You're uncharacteristically a doomer. I'm I'm telling you, I'm trying not to be, but I'm telling you there are things that I don't understand. It's not my job to come on here and say, sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. That's Leslie Gore. I'm here to tell you that I'm, I am not understanding what Jay Woodcroft is doing. That's I've been saying that for some time. I don't get it. I don't understand. And if they win tonight, you can text me tomorrow and say, yeah, dumbass, you know, Matthias Janmark was the right move. Maybe it is. I'm just saying it. it is not in keeping with what made uh, Jay Woodcroft successful a year ago. And I think his job is in a little more peril than it was a year ago. My brother put peanut butter and rice together. I would have to taste that. Peanut butter on a spoon with a pinch of salt. It already has. Like, I can taste the saltiness of a peanut butter. I don't think it needs more, especially when you get to be my age. But I went to the doctor, you know, for a physical, you know, and uh, I got to stay away from the salt. The salt is not from low tide. The pepper, I'm fine. I'd like the pepper, but the salt, not so much. You, can, you don't have to stay away from anything, do you? You just go right in there. Yeah, not besides like allergies, but I don't have anything to watch in regard to, you know, cholesterol or blood pressure yet. So, well, you hang in pretty there. Pretty blessed. Yeah, you I'm just, pretty blessed for now. Uh, uh, I would recommend, as a man in my 60s and you are in your 20s, I would recommend just heartfelt advice, old man to young man. Uh, take it easy on the liquor. That's the one thing. I'm, yeah, I'm not a big drinker. So you're already preaching right. to the choir a little okay. bit. Okay. Uh, I, I, at one point in my life, I really just started hammering the carbs, and I shouldn't have because I wasn't working out. Um, always lean with the protein. Everything in moderation. Vegetables up the street and down the corner. And lots of water. Lots and lots of water. All good tips and all taken to heart. Yeah. And at some point in time, you're going to have to say goodbye to ice cream. Oh. I'm sorry. I don't know about cream. that. No, I haven't had ice cream in a couple of years now. <laughs> I haven't given up my coffee, though. I cannot give up coffee. I would never give up coffee. Like, no matter what a doctor told me, I would never be giving up coffee. But I will tell you, I'm going to give you my blood pressure. I'm so proud of this. Um, 
I don't know why I'm doing this. Probably illegal. Um, my blood pressure this morning was, I'll give you the last couple of days. Okay. 136 over 79, 129 over 86, and 123 over 75 today. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. Those are all like optimal levels. Well, I mean, at my age and the stuff I've done to myself, I just like <laughs> all America. the more impressive. It's yeah. like, what the hell? You know, but uh, I have a good doctor. He's a good man and he doesn't yell at me. Uh, as much as he did. Medical marvel over there. Well, I, let's settle down here. <laughs> like, could we? Could I was we... no. I was talking about your doctor. Oh, like he's, oh, doing, oh, yeah. he's doing wonderful work okay. over there is what I meant to yeah. say. Yeah. Have you ever tried grilled peanut butter sandwich? You must. I can't. I, I, I did try the Elvis, which is peanut butter and banana sandwich, but I didn't deep fry it like he did. I just had it on bread. And I do like peanut butter and banana sandwiches, but it's a lot, right? Like, it's a lot. You know, I just had one slice with with peanut butter and, and banana on it. It's it's good, but it's a lot. It's quite a lot. I have to say, man, are you looking forward to the outdoor game? I am. Yeah, yeah I am. I mean, I'm not going to be going or anything, but I am. I am looking forward to the event that surrounds it. Of course, the game itself. It's a big spectacle, and yeah, definitely looking forward to it. I. Uh, I, I, uh, Terry Jones got me so upset about the washroom situation in all of the arenas and stadiums around the city that I can't, I just can't go. I'm just. And that's a fair response. Yeah, I don't gonna, hold that against you at all. Yeah. I'm going to be out of town, which uh, probably makes Mark Spector angry, but that's okay. Did you see him mention that the other day of <laughs> showing up at practice? And I'm like, I'm on the air spec for crying out loud. There are 16 games tonight, and we're talking about Low Tide's blood pressure and his obsession with peanut butter. Well, the 16 games are all scheduled to start on a little bit of a delay, right? Which I think is very cool. The orders are playing Minnesota. We covered that six ways to Sunday. 16 games, 32 teams in the National Hockey League. And the orders need a win. Like It's not just a little bit. They need a win. I say they do it. What do you say? You know what? I think they lose two one in overtime. But you know they get the loser point, and that's a, that's a that's a stepping stone. Wow! But I got to be objective here. I have to be objective. Listen, I already picked them to win the cup preseason. So, so did I. I got to be objective. Did you hear about Marvin Jones? I did not. I'll have to. I'll look it up after this. Well, why don't I? We have, oh, okay. He retired. So uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Jason Greger on the way. I never pay attention to time. It's what I do. Thanks for tuning into the Low Downtown Time for a Sports Update.